This sports social podcast is brought to you by BetVictor, where live streams, smart stats, and in-play betting can help you make your best bet yet. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. Yes, this is the Blue Day podcast, and for Chelsea fans everywhere, every day is a Blue Day. I am your host, the creator, the man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence, and joining me this week, it's a rare day off for him, but we are glad that he's here, and he's not leaving on a free transfer. It's Warren. Warren, how are we, my friend? Uh, I'm very well, apart from it. I, I, it's not actually a day off. I was at work at six o'clock this morning. However, what if it being Friday and I work for a very traditional company that has a poet's day? For those of you that don't know, that's piss off early tomorrow, Saturday. Um, we do have a poet's day on a Friday. So I finish at half 12. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to be back on the show as always. It's always an absolute pleasure and an honor to be here with the good self, Keith. You know how much I enjoy doing it. Although obviously I do struggle for the time these days and stuff. Um, but yeah, fantastic to be back as always. Thank you very much for having me. Well, we've got a busy one today. Um, we haven't been on, up to date on a few bits, uh, partly due to certain situations outside of the podcast world. But also we did have a exclusive interview with Roger Freestone, which I hope all of you that are regular listeners of the podcast listened to and enjoyed. But, very, very sorry to cut you off there. Very insightful for those of you that are listening now that haven't caught that podcast. It's obviously on our YouTube page and all the usual social media outlets that Keith usually mentions: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But very insightful, very eye-opening. Um, lots of things in there that you wouldn't have expected, you know. So it's uh, it's for the surprises. Great show, great effort on that day. Great find as well. Well, I again, I appreciated. Mr. Freestone's time on it, and it was uh, it was great to have him on to talk about all things Chelsea before massive money, which is a nice segue to some breaking news that we'd like to have on the show. Nothing to do with the podcast, but it is to do with Chelsea Football Club, and it's to do with the ownership of the club and this thing that pretty much will not go away. Easily, it's been the, dragging you on. Mean from... the, proposed, the proposed sale the, of the club. The is this proposed what sale of Chelsea. About? Yes. The proposed yes. sale of Chelsea. The breaking news. The by the time this goes out, everyone and their mums will know about this. But Sir Jim Radcliffe, uh, an owner of Nice Football Club and other businesses, 
has made a a bid to buy Chelsea Football Club worth $4.25 billion. According to his spokesman, he's confirmed that he wants to buy Chelsea. We are the only British bid. Um, and our motive, and this, these are one of the quotes that has come out of the interview. And I quote, our motives are simply to try and create a fine club in London. We have no profit motive because we make our money in other ways, end quote. Now, he's 69 years old. He tried to buy the club back in 2019, but he bought Nice uh, in France instead. And it's a nice part of France, that. Nice. You don't get it, do you, Keith? It's spelled N-I-C-E, the same as nice. I was just seeing how on the ball you were. Clearly, you need to have a red I have ball. been up since five o'clock. You leave I've me energy, I'm actually... drink, energy drinks are available. I am. <laughs> that's, all, that's all local news agents. Um, bit of a sort of breaking news that I know that the, like the big media companies are going to pick up on. But with a fourth potential bidder now for Chelsea... The fact that the government want this done and dusted ASAP because they they basically want shot of having to deal with this. The license expires in May. Warren, as you just sort of heard about this potential new bid, should we be worried that a new owner hasn't been announced yet? There's talk that there's potentially could be new owners announced next week, which I, I doubt it, but... What's your thoughts on the current takeover situation? Well, I, I, I always thought, in terms of being worried because of the time frame and the, the, the time scale that it's taken so far, is I'm not particularly worried about that. I think that it was extraordinarily optimistic and ambitious to announce that they would have new owners in place and all the pay and everything would be sorted and all the paperwork would be a done deal in such a short period of time. For you know, even if this was like a normal deal. They say that Roman Abramovich had enough and he decided to sell Chelsea and it wasn't under these sanctions and under these unprecedented circumstances for the sale of a football club. Even in that situation, without the added complication, uh, a complication that to a business deal is so drastic and so dramatic that we can't possibly imagine it unless we was actually involved in the business ourselves. So we can't even fathom how com- much more complicated it is. But even if without that complication, it still would have taken months and months and months and months. So in terms of the time scale and how long it's taken and stuff like that, no, I'm not particularly worried. I think that it does obviously massively disrupt our summer transfer window and it's obviously already affected. Um, it's potentially already looks like it's affected offering contracts to new players and various other things. So yeah, can it be damaging? Yes. But do I think that it's something that Chelsea Football Club will recover from? Yes, absolutely I do. We had a transfer embargo a couple of years ago where we couldn't sign anyone. So, you know, the thought of not being able to buy people in the first two weeks of June and have to wait till the end of June doesn't seem like the end of the world to me. So I'm not, you know, I'm not particularly phased about that. With regards to who I want to take over, who I think will, who I think should. I think that there's so many stipulations in place. And this is from the outside looking in. Again, we're not on the inside of it. We're only reading in the media what we're being told, how accurate everything is, we don't know. But in terms of the stipulations that they can't sell a controlling stake in the club until I believe it's 2032, 
um, the ongoing and continuous investment in not just the first team and not just the academy, but also the women's team. Fantastic result last night for the women's team uh, in a in a strong position to win another league title. Fantastic to the girls. Best of luck for the rest of the season. They really are. They really are flying. Like they keeping that blue flag flying high with the disruption. And they're in a cup final. Yes, exactly. As are the men's team, but with the disruptions that are going on 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 and off the pitch at Chelsea at the minute, the ladies are doing an absolutely fantastic job. So big round of applause to them, um, and you know, long may it continue as well and bring that title home, girls, and bring the cup home again as well, girls. You know, um, but there are obviously those stipulations as well, and then obviously the uh, continued development or move away from Stamford Bridge. I think a lot of people are making out that they're saying, you know, they have to invest half a billion to, you know, contractually meet the obligations of buying the club that are set out in advance. But how how realistic is that? Can they redevelop Stamford Bridge? No. What the like Roman Abramovich tried really hard. I'm saying no, obviously maybe it can be done. Roman Abramovich tried really hard. Then they've got to get past the Chelsea Pitch Owners Club because let's not forget that we own the pitch including both of us separately and the podcast as an entity as well. You know, we own the pitch. So, you know, a prospective buyer's got to come in and it's, they've got to be on our side, which is, you know, a positive thing. It's the right, you know, it's a, you never start a negotiation on the back foot, as Thomas Shelby famously once said, other BBC series are available. Um, but uh, No, but you don't negotiate on the back foot and it puts Chelsea fans in a stronger position moving forward. I believe that the show of unity last year in the protest for the Super League has also let uh, potential Chelsea buyers know that, you know, this club comes with the fans. You know, it should be fans, football owners in that order, right? This is this is kind of the, the thing at the moment, fans, football owners in that order. And that's something that I'm hoping that prospective buyers are not only aware of, but buy into as well and genuinely believe it as I think a lot of the advisors at Chelsea, and obviously Roman has become very detached from the club in recent years because of ongoing politics and like living in Israel and all these different things. But we won't get into it, but he hasn't been around. He hasn't been in Stamford Bridge for years and he's only been a couple, to a couple of matches that are usually finals in Europe and stuff like that. Um, so the advisors that he's put in place are probably fantastic business people have probably been fantastic for the club, but it's led to a detachment from the fans that Roman most certainly had. Like Roman Abramovich would never have, didn't sell Colt and Cole to Tottenham when he came in. Cause he was like, no, they're, they're, they're Chelsea's main rivals. Like, no, we can't do that. I'd, I'd send him anywhere, but Tottenham and Roman Abramovich understood the Chelsea fans in that sense. And, you know, um, it was never a problem the way that we wanted to design Stamford Bridge in terms of like the flags and the this and the that and to show our heritage and to show our passion and to show our multiculturalism with the flags all the way around the stadium and everything. A lot of that is born out of like the the Roman era. So um, we need owners that are going to come in and be attached to the fans. I can see you like just chomping at the bit there, Keith, whilst you're reading something. Do we have another bit of exclusive news? I know, I'm just reading what the uh, spokesperson of Sir Jim Radcliffe is talking about, and I'm also looking at a couple of journalists that have uh, come out and said certain stuff. Um, it's very interesting, as you say, from the outside looking in, and 
that's what all Chelsea fans are at the moment. With you know, no one knows exactly who's going to be the preferred bidder. No one knows exactly how much money is going to be pumped into the club. No one knows anything. But the fact that this thing has taken quite a sort of a big sort of tilt to one side, um, the spokesman for Sir Jim Radcliffe has commented and said that. We will invest in in Stamford Bridge to make it a world-class stadium, befitting of Chelsea Football Club. We will continue to invest in the team to ensure we have a first-class squad of great players, great coaches and support staff in the men's and women's game. That's key. And this, this, this is the one that got me. We believe that London should have a club that reflects the stature of the city, one that is held in the same regard as Real Madrid, Barcelona or Bayern Munich. We intend Chelsea to be that club. We are making this investment as fans of the beautiful game, not as a means to turn a profit. Well, I mean, that's... They're saying they're, nice they're, 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 Well, they're, they're saying all the right things. But, you know, if I went for a job interview, I would say all the right things. I wouldn't say, yeah, I'm a bit lazy before seven o'clock. And I wouldn't say, yeah, I usually take an extra two minutes on my fag break. And, you know, so... They're, they're saying the right things, but these are extraordinarily successful business people, which means they're people people. Like they're, they're people, like he's a people person, isn't he? He knows how to communicate with people. He knows how to motivate people. He knows how to get people on his side and singing from the same hymn sheet. Uh, hymn sheet is him. So he's a, he, he's a very experienced person in there, a very experienced spokesperson. And I expect him to say the right things. You know, well, when, when when Chelsea go out and sign Romelu Lukaku, even if he does do an interview a couple of months later saying, yeah, that was a lot of bollocks I never wanted to leave, right? <laughs> when he when he first done an interview for Chelsea, he was saying all the right things about Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? Because he's not going to come in and say, well, <laughs> you'd say that he wouldn't. <laughs> he actually fucking did. But you you wouldn't expect him to come in and say, yeah, I didn't really actually want to come here. You know, I, I just left because Inter Milan had to sell me. I actually want to go back there in my prime and do blah, blah, blah. You wouldn't expect Sir Jim Radcliffe to send his spokesperson out and say, yeah, what we intend to do is get out of as many things as we're contractually obliged to do and find as many loopholes as we possibly can. We don't really care as long as we're turning a profit. We'll keep Chelsea in the Premier League and in the Champions League because that's where we're going to make the most amount of money. So we'd invest just enough that we can turn in enough of a profit that it's worth our time. And if we win things on the way, happy days. Basically, you're going to turn into an Arsenal or like someone like that, basically. Um, you don't expect him to say that. So I take everything that they say with, you know, I, I choose, I, I don't disbelieve what they're saying because I have, you know, I wouldn't make that judgment about people I don't know, I guess. But I take it with a pinch of salt at this moment in time we're not truly going to know for three years like you know is the reality you know in terms of it might work he might come in and say oh right well you know there's 170 million and we go out and buy three players and it might and we might think oh this is absolutely fantastic oh this new owner's blah 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 and then it comes to two transfer windows time and we've got no money and we've had to sell a few people and we can't afford big contracts for whatever reason because it hasn't quite gone right with sponsorships and well, it depends on who we buy bits and pieces well, the, well the, again be... again this is the Spot thing on. i think re recruitment hasn't been great at chelsea in the last five years hmm. i think that that's where we've fallen behind man city and liverpool i don't think we've fallen behind because of style of football i don't think we've fallen behind because of changes of managers 
I don't think we've fallen behind for any other reason than recruitment. Yeah, and that doesn't mean to say that we haven't signed fantastic players in that time. But in terms of name a Chelsea player that Chelsea have bought in the last five years that you that is like first name on the team sheet. The last one was Kante, I would say. Kante, you'd probably look at Rudiger. Yeah, but Rudiger's leaving. Kovacic. R- R- Rudiger's leaving. Mendy, you could say. Mendy. But again, we're we're kind of grabbing names, and they're they're you know they're worthy names. They qualify. Ben Chilwell. They meet, they meet, they, they meet the criteria. Ben Chilwell's had half a decent season. You know, let's not let 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 you know. Let's not get. Uh, ben Chilwell's got all the potential in the world, but like, let's not get too carried away with Ben Chilwell. Like, How is he going to come back from his injury and things like that? Key key for the new owners, you know. I mean, we've got a we've got a fan, we've got the strongest we've got borderline the strongest squad in Europe. People forget this. People forget that we regularly could play with Kante, Jorginho, Loftus Cheek, Ziyech, Pulisic, Hudson Odoi, Lukaku, Werner on the bench every week. Before so, we talk before yeah. we talk about players leaving and we talk about the situation with contracts and potential players coming back. From loan deals, one little bit that's just come. I've just got a ping on my phone. This is how important it is. I've got a ping on my phone. According to this report, Mister Sir Jim Radcliffe is ready to send the money this weekend if required, and he has already spoken to the UK government about his bid for Chelsea. He's, he's got to go through the whole FA process of fit and proper person and proving his means and stuff, hasn't he? He's pledging $1.75 billion over 10 years in investment on the stadium and squad on top of the $2.5 billion asking price. So $1.75 billion over the next 10 years for the development of Stamford Bridge and the squad, right? Let's say the development of Stamford Bridge costs $700 million. Let's say it costs a billion Actually, let's say it costs a billion because it probably would with everything tied in, you know, buying the land and contracts and legal disputes and this and that and all the rest of it. Plus the actual construction work, plus the move away from Stamford Bridge whilst it's redeveloped, redeveloped possibly Wembley and everything. We'd have to to pay for that. So let's say let's mark it down as a billion, which I think is fair. That leaves 700 million for the squad in the next 10 years, which is 70 million pounds a year. Now, that's two transfer windows. That's £35 million a transfer window. It actually works out of less than that. But let's round it up. £35 million a transfer window is not what Roman Abramovich was spending. Mm. Now, it's slightly different because we've started bringing players through the academy. In the last few years, we've saved to have a defender of Trevor Shadabas ability at this time, even if we're talking about an older defender, but somebody exactly the same as Trevor Shadaba right now, you'd spend 25, 30 million on him. You know, Mason Mount, you'd spend 75, 80 million on. Reese James, you'd spend potentially 100 million on. And these are players that Loftus-Cheek, you'd get, you'd pay 30, 40 million pound for. Billy Gilmore, even though he's had a poor season at Norwich, you'd, you know, the potential of him, you'd pay a lot of money for. So, we are saving ourselves more money now than we were under Roman, say, five years ago. But that immediate cash injection was always there. And the proposed figures that they're proposing for the next 10 years don't sit that great with me, to be honest with you. I don't think it sounds like enough. 
I think he sounds hot. I think he sounds 500 million short, to be honest with you. I do. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see where the land lies over the weekend while you're listening to this. As we, while dis- Chelsea as, as we discussed, as we discussed, we won't know for three years. Yeah, five years. I mean, we won't know for sure. In, again, we're getting a little bit maybe ahead of us. What I do know for sure, what I do know for sure is in them three to five years that it's going to take for us to have a definitive answer to the question that we're asking now. The one thing I can guarantee you is that Chelsea will win trophies. Well, yes. Because it's, it's what we do as a football club now. It is now, hasn't always in our history. I admit that our more recent history, last, you know, obviously the last 25 years have been particularly fantastic for Chelsea football club and fans alike and such but it's, it's it's in our DNA now it's in our DNA we are one of the elite clubs even the most deluded of Man City fans one of which I'm you know quite good acquaintances with particular guy Luke who is just a very deluded Man City fan it's a shame he knows a lot about football but he's just deluded when it comes to Man City even he agrees that Chelsea are even though Real Madrid and Man United and Barcelona are just uh, they're at the top of the, the elite level. And even if we're at the bottom of the elite level, we are still one of the elite clubs in the world. You know, there's nobody in a league above us. We are one of the elite clubs in the world now. What elite clubs do is win things. You know, I saw a, I saw a great stat the other day that was Jurgen Klopp is in his eighth final for Liverpool in the last six years. Like going on about how amazing Klopp is. And underneath it, a Chelsea fan had put Thomas Tuchel has just reached his sixth final in 15 months at Chelsea. So it's in our DNA, even though we haven't won all of those. I mean, we've won half of them. Um, just over half at the moment, actually. Um, but even if we was to lose the cup final against Liverpool, we would have won half of them as well, which oh, is... More, uh, well, it's, it, you know, it's a realistic possibility. Liverpool are the best team in Europe at the moment, in my opinion. And therefore, the best team in the world. But they're not the best team in the world because we're the world champions. But they are definitely the most dangerous and frightening team in Europe at the minute, Liverpool. Um, you know, even if they play Arigi, Yota and Diaz, their three backup forwards, they've still got one of the best front lines in the world. So, um, yeah, um, tough game, that one. But I digress. Yeah, I, I just think... I don't know. I, I, don't, I just I just want Roman to keep the club. Don't see why he can't, but obviously we're not going to discuss the ins and outs of that now. But I, I, I'd love Roman to stay, to be honest with you. I'd love Roman to come buy the club back in five years when he's allowed. <laughs> that's, if he, that's if he hasn't bought another club. Which yeah, which I can see him doing. I can see him doing. In regards to the ownership, again, we'll see what happens as the weekend progresses and hopefully... With Chelsea coming back to London with three points on Sunday, hopefully we'll find out more in regards to the ownership. In terms of players, and this is something I wanted to obviously get your thoughts on, my friend, and uh, it's been obviously confirmed since we've last spoke about Chelsea properly and since sort of, since uh, our last episode, and that is uh, Tony Rudiger is leaving at the end of his contract. He was offered. A new deal. Didn't want to sign it. Whether or not we... I'd like to be careful with this one. Because again, we don't know all the ins and outs. 
We don't know whether this is a money-orientated decision. We don't know whether he just wants a new challenge. He has been at the club since 2017, so it has been a while. The fact that Real Madrid came knocking, that's going to turn a few people's heads, and I understand that. So, he has announced that he's going. Christensen, chances are he'll be going. A lot of people are saying... This is a catastrophe for Chelsea. They shouldn't let Rudiger go. My argument is they knew his contract was running down last year. There was no talks of contracts then. I believe there was. I believe there was. Well, there wasn't. Maybe not extremely publicly, but I do remember. Um, I believe it was possibly about two months after Frank left and Rudiger obviously under Tuchel was becoming integral and instrumental like he was before Frank. Um, I do believe that they was open to discussions at least. Um, but the the thing is, I think what it boils down to for me, the ifs, the ands and the buts and the maybes, the answers to the questions that we'll never have because we're not on the inside of it. We are merely just Chelsea fans. Um, I don't think any of that matters. I think that Rudiger was 50-50 whether he wanted to leave. I think that half of him loves the club, loves London, loves the fans, gets paid a lot of money, is successful, is first choice. The fans love him. The Premier League suits his style of game down to an absolute T. I think there's a huge part of Rudiger that wanted to stay. I think that if Bayern Munich would have come in or... Juventus or, you know, you're never going to go to an English club, but like a City or Liverpool or some, whatever, PSG, I think that it would be 50-50 whether he would go. I think that he would really, really consider it. I think he wants to go to Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid come knocking. I think you go to Real Madrid. I think it doesn't matter if you're Jonathan Woodgate, David Beckham, Michael Owen, it does, Zinedine Zidane, Luis Figo. It doesn't even matter what club you're at. You could be at Barcelona like Luis Figo. If Real Madrid come a-knocking, you open a door and invite them in. That's how football goes. Real Madrid want something, they go and get it. Eden Hazard, it doesn't matter. Real Madrid want, they get. That's something we accept as football fans. We totally accepted that Eden Hazard wanted to do that. We respect him and loved him and adored him for it. Same for Rudiger for me. I can understand. Rudiger hasn't down tools. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely not. If anything, since this has been going on, for the last six, eight months since the start of the season, since it, since this all started happening, Rudiger has played his best football for Chelsea. Yeah. Ultimate professional. Love the fact that he's always willing, always willing and usually does start a fight. I love the fact that he spends 90 minutes of every football match trying to find a way of fouling somebody without getting booked. I love the fact that he does that. He seeks it out. He learns new ways to foul people without getting booked. Absolutely brilliant. He's a genius. And yeah, there's some baggage there. There's an ego there. There's a lot of personality there. He's probably a difficult person to control. And I can imagine at times he's been disruptive, even if it wasn't intentional. But would I love Antonio Rudiger to stay at Chelsea? Yes, I would, because I think that people like Shalabar, um, and even even Saar, I think that Saar, you know, had a decent start to the season. 
And then he basically didn't play for months. And then he got thrown back in at the deep end at a difficult time of the season when the team isn't playing amazingly well. And we're playing teams that have got so much to play for. And I think that Saar was just a little bit out of his depth experience-wise and he hadn't been playing that much. So I think the treatment of Saar, and I'm not even talking about the sickening racial abuse that he received, absolutely sickening. I'm not even talking about that. I, I just mean the the direct criticism that he got from the Chelsea fans, although warranted for a bad performance, People are saying, oh, like, what's he even doing in the team? Blah, blah. They, they, they just said him immediately. Like, it's a game of FIFA and they just said him immediately. I think that's way too drastic. I think Saar still has a future. I think he can learn from people like Rudiger and Thiago Silva and Azpilicueta and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I'm very disappointed Rudiger's going. But he goes with, he goes in my good graces and he goes with my blessing. And I wish him the very best of luck. I wish for him to win everything at Real Madrid apart from competitions that Chelsea are in. Um, and yeah, very best of luck to Rudy. You know, like you said, he hasn't down tools. I think he'll go out on a high by winning the cup. Um, and yeah, very best of luck to Rudy. And I'm I'm sure that Chelsea fans out there would disagree with me. And let us know. Let us know why. Tell me why I'm wrong. But, you know, get in touch with us at the podcast and that. Give us your opinions on it because we'd be very interested to hear a different opinion because I think me and Keith are of a fairly similar opinion. Um. I have a lot of gratitude to Rudiger um, and I have a lot of admiration for him as well because under Frank, it wasn't working and he was going to leave and he was really unhappy. And, you know, OK, so a new manager came in, so it gave him the every opportunity to turn it around, but he still had to do it. He said that to force his way back in the team, build bridges, mend bridges and, you know, be one of the best centre-backs in the world, which is what he is. I'm not gutted that he's going. The fact that we're not getting a transfer fee for him, that's not really important for me because obviously there's bigger things to be concerned about. I actually think this ain't a bad thing for Chelsea because then it gives us an idea on who to find, who to look for to replace yeah. him. Because and we know standard, early as well. We, know, we would have, yeah, we pretty much knew this two or three months ago, so we've had extra time to look. Rudiger would have told the club months ago, or even Rudiger's agent would have told them months ago. And I think that good luck to Rudy at Real Madrid. Yeah. With all due respect, in terms of club stature, and I'm I'm not afraid to say it, it's a step up. Yeah. In terms of club to club. They're just about and... to win. They're just about to win La Liga again, and they're one goal behind in the semi-final second leg of the Champions League. I mean, Real Madrid. People talk about Real Madrid being a bit of a spent force at the moment, and this and that. But you know, they're doing all of these things that I've just said, and they're about to go out and get Mbappe and Rudiger and possibly Aspilicueta, and you know. I think Real Madrid will be fine. I think we will be fine as a club. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting that people's sort of reaction to Rudy going and they're sort of like they're making it very similar to when John Terry left which I'm no it's not the same partly a little bit against because that's not completely not the, same. the same no, no. I, I, I completely agree Warren and we can find other defenders there are other defenders out there I was going to say we've let if you look at the defenders that we've let go that were still in their prime enough or good enough to be Chelsea first team players you look at Carvalho and Gallas and you know like I say like John Terry could have carried on playing um, we've always you know we'll recover from that no problem you know Shalaba coming through 
is a massive bonus. The fact that Reese James can play at right centre back as well is a big bonus. So we've got ready-made replacements already there. Plus his wages, like you know, he must have been on like 250, 300 grand a week. There's no reason we can't go and get two players for that. I mean that Kounde at Sevilla seems he seems like he seems he seems like the most likely option. I said last year, funnily enough. Um, about Ben White from Brighton. I was always a big admirer of him. Um, and he's been really good at Arsenal. He's been Arsenal's standout defender when he's been fit this season. So I quite I quite liked Ben White, a young English player as well and everything. But there's plenty of players out there. I'm glad that Thiago's staying, obviously. I mean, I've mentioned to you before that Thiago Silva is... Bearing in mind he's 36, so I'll put this into perspective that he's not as good as the player that I've just mentioned whilst playing for Chelsea. But Thiago Silva, I believe, is the only defender that I've ever seen in my life that's better than John Terry. If it, I think that if Thiago Silva would have come to Chelsea 10 years ago and played alongside Terry as well. <laughs> but Thiago Silva is... And I'm talking about being there at the match. And, you know, I watched him against... Burnley in particular. Now, Burnley weren't necessarily like great that day. I'm not saying that he was up against Suarez, Messi, and like Neymar, but he was just just in the just talk about a person just being in the right place at the right time. It's uncanny. He like so. I'm really glad that Silver stayed another year. He is. I think he's probably been Chelsea's Player of the Year. Interesting. Um, Havertz has had a really good season. He's got a good shout at that as well. Mount, obviously, his numbers. I think I think Mount's performances go unnoticed by a lot of people that don't necessarily watch football as strategically as some other people. I think Mason Mount is just... oh, He's, he's amazing and his numbers speak for themselves as well. Um, assists and goals and passes and runs and dribbles and tracking back and whatever, etc., etc. Interceptions and whatever. But... Um, I was just going to say, in terms of departures, we partly see it through the grapevine that Rudiger and Christensen are not going to be the only ones leaving. I think Kante is going to leave. Well, well, I'd like to talk about the United game later. I think Kante... In which Kante was probably man in a match, by the way. Kante <laughs> was outstanding. Little One mistake yeah. led to Man United's goal. One yeah. bloody mistake. But... I think Kante has been superb for the club. I think everyone knows that. And I even think people like Jorginho, I think they might decide. And it's not a case of, are they going to jump ship because Chelsea, as you said, have spent falls because of ownership screwed up and there's all this talk. I just believe they just want a new challenge. Kante's been there since 2016. Jorginho's been there since 2018. It's four to five years. We're not going to get players that have been that are going to be at clubs the same as Cesar Aspilicueta, for example, which has been ten years. I don't think we're, you're going to get that anymore. I don't think you're going to get it as much, but then I don't think it was ever really that common anyway. Um, I think Chelsea are one of the clubs that probably keep players on not our own players, like our own academy players. We send them out on loan, but people that we buy tend to stay at Chelsea for a long time for one reason or another and people 
absolutely fall in love with the place. I mean, you look at Fabregas and you look at Giroud and you look at like Babiaro, for example, and you look at certain other players that were with Chelsea for an amount of time, whether it was a long or a short period of time, and they, they either live near Chelsea or they still go to Chelsea or they work at Chelsea or they represent Chelsea well, we've had them on the or another. Warren. We've had Bjarni Goldbeck yeah, exactly. great things yeah. about Chelsea. Jakob Kielberg yeah. was mentioned about it. You know, it's... it's obviously, well, obviously, won the chopper, Harris. Obviously, still runs the hospita- helps run the hospitality at Chelsea on match days and stuff like that. The uh, With all the the uh, Legends tours that he does and everything and blah, blah, blah. So obviously they say that they put a car on for him and everything and they look after them and everything. So, yeah. I mean, Chelsea has always been, maybe not from the outside, but from the inside, Chelsea has always been a family club. Always. We've always looked after our own. And I think that's very appealing to people. Um, I think you're right. I think Jorginho's time has come to a natural end. I'm a big fan of Jorginho. Um, I don't think that he is necessarily suited for the Premier League week to week but I think Jorginho is class absolute class and he got to get he'll get a lot of stick for the penalty against West Ham now let me point something out to everybody <laughs> let me point let me point a little something out to everybody that's listening right it's a little thing called the bigger picture Jorginho this season not included in penalty shootouts right in normal game time Jorginho has taken 10 penalties this season he's scored nine now, if at the start of the season, someone says to you that your penalty taker is going to score nine out of 10 penalties, which would be 14 and a half out of 15 or whatever, or whatever it works out as, right? You'd bite somebody's hand off for that. You don't know when the one's going to come that he's going to miss, and it could be a big, important one. As it turns out, he got away with it, right? But Massively, massively got away with it, yeah. But nine times out of 10, right? Now, that's, that's impeccable levels. That's in that's world class levels. If Messi banged, if Messi took a hundred penalties in his career and scored ninety, they would say that's incredible. Given the goalkeepers that he came up against, now let's not forget that George, the Premier League. If you was to take the twenty-first choice goalkeepers in the Premier League, they would be the best set of twenty goalkeepers in the world, bar none. So Jorginho goes up against that every single week, and he's got a nine out of ten conversion rate. He's been Chelsea's top goalscorer before because he puts penalties away for fun. So yeah. It was a shocking penalty, right? I'm not defending how bad the penalty was, but for Jorginho to be getting six and oh, he takes penalties like this and, and all the rest of it, right? That's a load of bollocks. The man scores nine out of ten, leaving alone. I spoke to Scott Minto about this, and we were talking about it after the game. And I actually asked him, Scott, can you imagine if Dennis Wise was on the pitch when Jorginho took that penalty? And we both laughed, and it was just a case of, yeah. Wonder what I wonder what Dennis time. Wise's reaction would have been. It's a different time. I think that if <laughs> had Dennis Wise played in had Dennis Wise played in this era, I think Dennis Wise would have. The thing is, people forget. <laughs> people forget what a fantastically technical player Dennis Wise was. People remember him tackling and being hard, and you know doing all this like you know biting people's ankles and picking people up by the, their, their hair on their armpits and things, scratching people and things like that he used to do. But he was actually a very technical footballer. But I think that had Dennis Wise played today, he would accept that because for that one moment of stupidity, if he tries it nine times out of ten, you know, if a midfielder tries to make 
an absolute wonder pass, 70-yard through ball that's absolutely on a sixpence perfectly. If he does it wrong once out of every 10 times, you say, oh my God, I'm going to pass you the ball 50 times a match. And you can do it 45 times out of 50 because we're going to score 40 goals from it. You know, so you've got to look at the bigger picture. Statistically, Jorginho is a very important player to Chelsea. One last player I would like to mention in regards to whether he's going to leave or not. And it will be interesting, again, what happens in the summer in terms of new owners who we could go out to buy. Statement of intent. Mr. Romelu Lukaku. Now, he, he, came, he came on against Man United last night. And I'll, we'll talk about that game in a minute. But it hasn't worked for him this season, has it? It really, no. really hasn't. You know my thoughts on him. I was a big fan of his when he signed for the club. I was delighted when we got him I, back. I, I, along with every other professional pundit in the world, thought he was going to take Chelsea to a league title. Which is simple yes. As that. Me too. But for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. I was there when he was outstanding against Aston Villa at Stamford Bridge back in September. He yeah. bossed the pitch. He was the best player against on Arsenal. that pitch. Debut Arsenal, his Arsenal debut at the Emirates. Unbelievable performance. And since then, whether it's injuries unhappiness over manager or treatment of how he is, how he's been. I have no idea. He is the shadow of the player at Inter, at Inter Milan. He's the shadow of the player that rose to prominence. A complete and utterly different player. I would like him to stay because I want it to work. Not Me because too. we spent a hundred million on him. It's that is a big I... factor, though. That is a big factor. If we were to sell Lukaku now, people ain't going to give you forty million for him. Chelsea don't no. do business like that. Chelsea no. don't do business like that. Well, look what happened with Kepa. We spent a lot of money on him. Well, when things were going wrong, a lot of fans were saying, "Get rid of him. Get rid of him." No bugger was going to sign him because of well, the asking I price mean, and the, the, the wages. I was going to say, the, the crazy thing is, everybody wanted to get rid of him. There was one person who wanted to keep him. There was one person that wanted to keep him. We, we, he shall be named nameless. No, he won't. It was me. <laughs> I'm going to be throwing that one in there forever, mate, I'm telling you, because I still think that Kepper is a very, very good goalkeeper. And he's better on the ball than Mendy as well. Oh, no, let's, let's not talk about Mendy. But Lukaku, I, I'm hoping that this summer he can look in the mirror and realise that he's he's had one shit season. Whether the interviews actually played a part, I, I have no idea. But Yeah, they did. I think they've had a I, massive... I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping next season. I think that Lukaku, the best thing Lukaku can do, right, is at the end of the season, go off and have his holiday, right? Come back to pre-season fresh, right? Nobody's going to remember the interview because too much has gone on at Chelsea since. I mean, the things that have gone on at Chelsea since then are so much bigger than the Kaku that until now people aren't even really talking about the interview. Really, they're talking about how shit the Kaku's playing. Of course they are, but they're not really talking about the interview because it's blown over people's minds. We're talking about the start of the season being another three, three and a half months away, right? People have forgotten about it by then. It's a new season. New players have come in. New owners have come in. Everything's starting afresh. He gets a goal within the first 10 minutes on the first day and all of a sudden away you go. Um, 
So I think the best thing Lukaku can do for now is just shut up, crack on, have his summer holiday and come back ready for next season. And I think he could be a Chelsea hero. Chelsea have still got an amazing team. They really have. And people like Ziyech and Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi that have had, you know, by their own very, very high standards, poor seasons, all of a sudden they've got a 25-30 goal-a-season striker in the middle. All of a sudden their form goes up through the roof because they're supplying someone. And, you know, I love Havertz. He's done a tremendous job. And I think he can link the play very well with people in the middle. don't think he links the wings as well, which is why people like Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi have, um, have suffered with the tactics and the formation, the way that it is at the moment. But it's also the reason that Rhys James has like, exceeded expectations with his growth and his um, his development. Um, but yeah, it, it would work better with a centre-forward there and it would bring more people into play, um, which is what Lukaku was doing for the first six weeks at Chelsea. And then obviously like the interview happened. But yeah, I think Lukaku will stay. And I think that at least to some degree, he will be a success. In regards to the other players you've mentioned, like Ziyech and Pulisic, it's funny when you talk about with the Lukaku situation, that build-up for the goal against West Ham, and we'll talk about the reviews in a minute, the build-up to that West Ham goal, we've never done that with Lukaku. I know Lukaku was on the pitch and people... There was, it was actually quite funny, Warren. Someone we, got, actually, we got the ball down the wing and we crossed the ball. We haven't done that enough. There has been home games that I've gone to and I've texted you or gave you voice messages and I've berated how we've played because when Lukaku's come on, whether he's been on the bench, he's come on, we haven't crossed the ball to him once. I was going to say, to a lot, to a lot of the degree, a lot of... Once. A lot of Lukaku's gripe and the reason he was unhappy was because he was saying Chelsea weren't playing to his strengths like he believes that they should play to the centre-forward's strengths. When it comes to scoring goals, you should play to the strengths of your goal scorer, your main goal scorer. He's right. Now, does that give him the right to play the way that he's been playing and give the interview that he done? No, absolutely not. I'm not justifying it. I'm not. I'm not justifying his actions. He's, he was a he was an arsehole for doing it, right? And I think he knows that as well. I think he accepts that. I think he accepts that he was completely in the wrong. But is he wrong about the tactics? No. He's, he's, he, I think he's correct. And I'm not one to question Thomas Tuchel. Who am I to question him? But do I see Lukaku's point? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a habit of buying strikers with good reputations and not playing to their strengths. We've done that for, well, well over 10 years, Warren. And or, se- or, se- or selling strikers with bad reputations and they go on to be brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's... that's a look at Tammy. Point. Look at Tammy. I'm sick. Honestly, it makes me feel ill thinking about... You was, you was one of the minority that actually did not want to sell him. No, absolutely. You I did said, not want I remember you saying last season. You did not I want... said last season, at some point next season, we will wish that we had Tammy Abraham. You did and say we've, that. And we wanted him for most of this season. <laughs> Listen, I don't get it wrong. Well, we As have a big... buyback clause on him for next year, so we'll see. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a lot of money, though, I think, isn't it? We'll see. Uh, 60 mil? Yeah. Well... 60 mil that we don't have to spend, even if we got 40 for him in the first place. Oh, well. Um, 
it's funny we sort of we, we sort of we're not being too negative on Chelsea. We're not sort of saying that certain players are shit. We can safely say that we are in a better position, even despite the sanctions and even despite the fact that we've missed two of our most creative and best players in the team for much of the season. Being Chilwell still, and James, I presume you mean. Yes. Yeah. We are still in a better position than our opponents from the other night in yes. Manchester United. Well, we're gonna, we are going to talk about the games now and we're going to talk about the Man United one first because that was the one more fresh in both our minds and a part of me hates texting you after a game depending on the result because I don't know how you're gonna swing it I mentioned to you I said two points dropped I said although we played brilliantly and James was outstanding we should not be drawing that game you text back which which is fair enough and I agree so I'm, I'm not sort of debating you on that. I'm too negative. But I just feel that, yes, we're not at that Man City-Liverpool level. I, I, me, personally, I, I know that we are the third best team in the league. Yeah. But we've got to beat sides that are really shit. You know, we, we agree, and I mentioned this to people at work, that is the worst Man United team slash performance I've seen ever. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, I started watching football in terms of watching match of the day every week and every live game that was on back then that obviously wasn't nowhere near as many as it is these days. Probably from about 93 sort of time. That's when I can remember like regularly watching and attending games of football from that sort of age. Um, So I was about five or six. And yeah, this is even under... David Moyes, I mean, how Alex Ferguson won the league with the team that he had in 2013. I know Van Persie was a good player and Rooney was still there. And it's not like they didn't have talent there, but they won a league title um, with a team that probably shouldn't even have got Champions League football. And that was a bad team that won the league. And then David Moyes took it over and made it a lot worse and bought bad players. You know, you think of Morgan Schneiderlin and... Fellaini uh, and, Fellaini and was it Schweinsteiger there as well? Yeah, yeah, he was one there. or two others, blah blah. Um, but yeah, it is one of the worst Man United teams, but it's still a Man United team with Rashford and Ronaldo and Sancho and Fernandez. Yeah, they were, and, and I'm not felt... making I'm not making any excuses for the result. I just think that I think that we played well. And we had a momentary lapse of concentration that can't happen. That's what's cost us the game. Marcus Alonso scored a, a great goal. Great oh, goal. it was a fantastic goal! And oh, we've yeah, only Alonso. got we've only we've only got ourselves to blame. Havertz, you know, he had a chance yeah, when he two, scored through two on goal. Beautiful chances in the first half. He did, yeah. The, the left footer that the hair come out and blocked, and then the header. The header um, should be making more of those. Um, like you say, Reece James had a really good game. Um, there was a lot of positives to take from the game. At the end of the day. Right now, it's about getting enough points on the board. I think that last night will turn out to be a good performance because I think that we'll take a lot of confidence from it. The result hasn't put us under loads of pressure for third place. It hasn't massively negatively impacted the season or like what will end up being our end result, which will be third position. I think that we'll take more positives than negatives from that game. It's another game without losing. Pete, 
like you know, we had won eight pe- people talking about Chelsea not playing very well and this and that, and oh, these players not playing, blah blah, and all the rest of it. it. We had won eight games in a row in all competitions away from home before last night, including, and I don't care what people say, because Alonso's goal was a fucking goal, including going 4-0 up in the Bernabeu, for which my entire street knew about that. <laughs> mine my too, God. to an extent, when he scored um, mine too. Exclu- um, the joint best away European performance by any Chelsea team ever, I think joint with the Barcelona 2012, down to 10 men, obviously made it to the final. And then to some extent, you could also include the final in that as well, because we was away to Bayern Munich, essentially. We had one yes. end of the ground, we was in that. Like, yeah. So you could say that as well. But taking that out, because it's a bit of a technicality, that, that performance in Madrid was... Uh, and Madrid have shown against Chelsea, champion, the, the Champions of Europe and Champions of the World. They've shown against Man City. And they've shown in La Liga all season, that in spite of what anybody says about Real Madrid, they are born winners and they're going to win again. They're going to win La Liga. They're one goal behind in the semi-final against Man City. I mean, Benzema's just like, oh, just he's just unreal. It's unbelievable. Them goals he scored against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, just go away. You're too good. It's not allowed. Um, <laughs> like, they were unbelievable. So, um an amazing performance to go there and to dominate the pool ball and dictate the play and be brave for Reese James to deal with Vinicius when he got booked after three or four minutes was unreal. Rudiger Silva, that was all everyone was fantastic. Everyone was fantastic. Werner had his best game in the Chelsea shirt. He's Werner was outstanding against He's found a little he's found a little bit of rhythm. He certainly found a little bit of rhythm and I think he's looking as dangerous as he ever has in a Chelsea shirt. I still don't think he's anywhere near his potential or his best, obviously, but mm. maybe he's bought himself a chance at another season. Um, I'd like to give him that opportunity as well. I'd give him that chance. Um, um, uh, unbelievable performance, you know. Um, like I say, just the best, as, as, good, as good as I've ever seen Chelsea away in Europe. It was unbelievable. Basically, that goal, Rudiger, what a header. We've got to look at... The sort of how the season's progressed and I like to sort of try and compare it to like your previous season. We've only lost five games in the league. All right, two of them, Brentford and Arsenal. We were very close beating Real Madrid, bearing in mind we were 3-1 down from the first league. We were very close to beating them. We're doing better than what we were doing last season. Mm-hmm. Bearing in mind the squad has got better. I think, I think most people's season. issue, most people, most people, most people issue isn't the fact that we're in a better position than we were last season and things, and things have improved. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is, is that we was five leaps behind Liverpool and Man City. We've gone two forward. They've gone three forward and they've both just taken another, and like Liverpool have just taken another step in the, transfer market by signing Luis, Luis Diaz who I think is a direct replacement for Mo Salah who won't sign a contract um, to be fair but they've just gone in and, and Luis Diaz has gone into that Liverpool team and looks like a Liverpool player yeah. it's is the biggest compliment I can give to him because like I said I think Liverpool are the best team at the moment I think they are the team to beat um, and he's just gone in there and he just looks like a Liverpool player he looks like it, 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 it's like a, it, I referred to FIFA earlier. The game, like other football games, are available. But 
I refer to FIFA. I refer to FIFA again. It's like you've assembled a dream team and then you just go and sign Mbappe. He would just fit in. Luis Diaz is kind of the same the way that he's fit. I'm not saying he's like Mbappe, but yeah. So um, again, recruitment. We go back to recruitment. Like, so I, I think that's. I think that's the biggest. The, the biggest issue for Chelsea fans is not the fact that we've the gap has got bigger to the teams behind, which I think it has. Um, it's the fact that it hasn't got any closer above us and we want to be amongst the elite of the elite. My mine issue, and this was the thing that I sort of spoke or tried to reason with you about the Arsenal game the other week, which still fucks me off to this day, is the fact that I know we are better than was below us. Yeah. You look at the state of United, you look at the state of Arsenal, you look at the state of Tottenham. <laughs> Thank you. You look at the state of West Ham. People are raving about West Ham. Well, no, 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 that's hard. West Ham are having a... Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. West Ham are having a very good season, but they're not better than us. No, but the, I, the state of the state of West Ham, I wouldn't. Put no, West no, no. Ham I mean, the... state in regards to where they are in 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 league, in league terms, the fact that we've, I think they're about ten points. But but they've progressed they've... more than we have. They have. Point. They yes. Like Man United, Tottenham, and Arsenal have degressed where yes. we've progressed. But West Ham are the exception out of what you said because they have progressed more than because we have. they're. And I think they would have. I think they would have got Champions League football had they not made it to the semi-finals of the Europa League? Potentially. But I feel that with this season, if we get third and win the FA Cup, for me, that's a, that's a superb season. If yeah. we get third and maybe lose to Liverpool, I hope not because I'm hoping to go and I can't afford another final loss to them, then it's still an OK season. It's, a, it's an acceptable season because, no. yes, I think it is because we're not... It would, it, the only way it would be acceptable is if we were City or Liverpool right now and we was to not win the league and get beat in the cup final. I think that if we would have progressed and cut the gap down at the top, then we could say that it was an acceptable season because we're going in the right direction. I think a season where we finished the same as the season before and, you know, a not dissimilar distance away from it, it was always kind of unattainable after a certain point in the season. And to win no trophies in spite, of, in, even though we would have been in, like domestically, we would have been in two finals, which is an achievement. Mm. But an achievement is different to success because it's an achievement to make it to a final. It doesn't mean that you're successful. Like so, Tottenham have Tottenham have achieved a lot. They've won fuck all. Do you see what I'm saying? So this is this is the dangerous mentality. What have Tottenham like, achieved? Exactly, but this is my point. But you've got the same. <laughs> men, but by saying that it's a successful season or an acceptable I didn't season. say it's successful. I to just say, said it oh, was, okay, but it saying it's acceptable, I only accept success, right? The, and there's different variations. There's different variations of that because it's realistic. My aspirations are realistic. Chelsea should win trophies. Yes, that's I agree. Re- that, that's realistic. Agree. That's realistic. So, by having a Tottenham mentality, you accept it. You accept it, right? Now that's a Tottenham mentality. That's a small club mentality. We're a big club. Okay, am I going to hit the roof about it and say this has all got to change and the infrastructure's got to change and this and that like it has at Man United? No, of course I'm not saying that. But to say that it's acceptable to make it to two finals and to lose them both is a Tottenham state of mind. Compared, how dare you, compared to last season and also with this season, bearing in mind... Last season when we won the Champions League? 
No, I'm saying in terms of the league. I'm saying like our league campaign because it took us last last game of the season and we had to rely on Tottenham to beat Leicester for us to get fourth. This season, yeah, well, Tottenham are the only Tottenham are the only team in the world that can win and men, in terms of their mentality lose. It's seven just, po- oh. We need seven points to gain third, which I think yeah. is which is okay. It's not the end of the world. It's fine. Oh yeah, we're gonna get that. That that's yeah. if every other team wins every single one of their games as well. Yeah, well, that's Arsenal and Tottenham, and well. They've got to play each other for a start. They've got to play each other as well. So we 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 should be okay by then. But next season is where we need to step up. I agree, but it's hard to do that when we don't know who the new owners are, which we've discussed. It's hard to know depending on players, which we've discussed. But f- fuck it, we've had fun this season. Wow! And the season ain't finished yet. We've still got big still games. We've got, we've got Everton away. Did I say reunion with Frank? Reunion with Frank, and they need the points more than our more God, than us. Do they? We've got Leeds, dirty Leeds at Ellen Road coming up as well. We haven't played them at Ellen Road in the league for such a long time. We've got Wolves with fans. With fans, anyway. With fans, we've got Wolves coming up on the seventh. We've then got Watford, our last home game of the season. Yeah, and we've got Leicester on the nineteenth of yeah. May. Uh, so there's still, and plus we've got a cup final as well. So much stuff to play for. So, all right, people with I was people one are of play, them. people are playing for their place in the cup final team. People are yes, playing for their place in yes. the team next season. People are playing for their place in the squad. You know, yes. for moving yes. forward, whether they're going to get sold or not. You know, I mean. The, the re-emergence of Loftus Cheek is nice, but um, there's a lot a of other. There's always there's, there's a lot of players, a lot of players that have got a lot of soul searching to do between now and the end of the season. And there's a, you're right, there's a lot to play for. Every game's a cup final from now, as it is for everyone. Yes. Um, yes. And I quite like our running. I think that I think that we're going to have a good little run, and I think we're going to win the cup final three-one. I think that Kaku's going to score. Now, that would be an FA Cup miracle. But, you know, we've just sort of looked at the fixtures. You've got Everton Sunday. Should be a win, maybe. Wolves at home. Well, Wol- Wolves are on their holidays, in essence. I was going to say, Wol- Wolves at home should be a banker, really. Leeds, they they might be safe by then. But, again, it's still dirty Leeds. Then it's the cup final. Then Leicester. Watford, not Leicester, isn't it? Hmm? Watford, not Leicester. No, Leicester's next one. And then Watford is our last game of the season. Right, right. So, our, our running isn't as bad as what other teams have got. So, again, we we should enjoy it. The performance... There's not, really, against... there's not, any, top, there's not any top half teams apart from Wolves there. That's Are Wolves still top half? Yeah. Leicester in maybe... Leicester, I think, just tenth. Maybe ninth or tenth, yeah. So... It's there. You know, there's some, some tasty games there, which I think Chelsea should be okay with. And it's all about form. We've got the cup final to look forward to. We've got the Women's FA Cup final on the 15th of May, yeah. which I'm looking forward to. I am hoping to go. So yes. that will be, you know, it'll be a great season to have Chelsea lift both FA Cups. That would be super. Yeah. 
My goodness, that'll be... Th- and what is it, our fifth our fifth final in six years? I mean... Our third in a row? Yeah. In, you know, how many teams can say that? Well, we've done that, we've done that, we've done that twice in like the last seven years, haven't we? We've done that a few times. So, yeah, people have got the ump, the fact that we got knocked out of the Champions League. People got the ump because we got, we lost to a shit Arsenal team. I was one of them. People have got the ump because we drew against Man United. We're still Chelsea. Yeah. We're still third in the league. We're still in a cup final. There's still a lot to look forward to. New horizons with a new manager and everything. So We've got a superb academy that keeps... Producing. Producing. That's the word I was looking for. Producing fantastic players, which probably, depending on what happens with the ownership, which we have discussed, half of them will probably be in the squad next season. Mm. Gallagher. Maybe Colwell from Huddersfield, who's having a superb season. Young, yeah. young guy. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Billy Gilmore. Maybe Liveramento. Maybe Liveramento if we get him back. Maybe Borja. Borja from me. Southampton. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. That's you. Thank you. Yeah, listen, the ownership situation will sort itself out. Chelsea ain't going anywhere. All these muppets that were like, "Oh, Chelsea are going to be mid-table from now on." Piss off. It's not going to happen. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. And if it, if it does, it might get rid of a few fans that I don't like. So happy days. Well, it might stop assholes charging a hundred and hundred and fifty pounds for programs on eBay. I think that would be a, a nice last little. Yeah, see, I, told, I told you. I, to, I, to, I told you. You should have bought one. Shame on you, people that were in corporate that night or whatever, charging fifty pounds going up to £155, going up to £300 for a Chelsea Real Madrid programme. Shame on you. And if if you ever get caught and whoever people find you, I hope you get barred from the ground, assholes. And even certain people that are charging £9, £10 for Chelsea West Ham programmes. Crazy. I can understand that with a bit of postage. Someone's gone to the effort and their time to get it. I could... I could understand giving a tenner for it but like you say the hundreds of pounds and the, the, it's just it's what I've come to expect from a lot of Chelsea fans which is one of the reasons that well it's the main reason that I don't go to Stamford Bridge anymore I just go to away games you know obviously I've been to I've been to Wolves and Burnley this season obviously I went to Wembley the other week which was fantastic um that was that was really random I sat next to a family from Durham which is very odd um but yeah, that, you don't live that far from there. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, literally about half hour. So um, <laughs> that was a bit odd. They had the accent for my area, but I lived there and I didn't have it. It was odd. But um, no, yeah, that was a really good day. I saw quite a few people that I knew. And it was obviously Crystal Palace is my hometown team being from Croydon originally. So um, I knew, I probably knew as many people in the Palace end as I did in Chelsea. And in fact, I saw quite a few of them and a lot of my um a lot of my extended family and stuff were there and stuff. So that was, yeah, that was nice. But um, yeah, it's, it's the reason I don't really go to Stamford Bridge anymore. It's as Roy King would say, the Paul Sandwich Brigade, isn't it? But such is life. We move on. And such we look is forward, life. We, we look do forward. move on. Last little bit I did want to mention before we do wrap this up. Life's good being a Chelsea supporter. And if you enjoy your history of Chelsea, and if you enjoy listening to players' stories, 
We've got a whole host of ex-players with stories to tell. And we are working on something very special coming up this month on the Blue Day podcast. Warren, do you remember it was this time last year we had the some of the players from the 1971 Cup Winners' Cup? We did indeed. John we Dempsey, Derek Smedhurst, Alan Hudson, John Boyle. Fantastic individual. Oh, is he gonna is it is he is he not gonna is it is he not gonna mention someone? Of all the oh, and the Ron Chopper Harris, who was our first first player The captain guest. of that team, yes. The first our first player guest on the show. Yes, yes. But this month for the month of May, we are working on something very, very special. Believe you me. It has been very stressful and I'm working my fingers to the bone to make sure it gets done. But we are working on something very, very special for the month of May. And also, we are working on something very special for the summer months as well. So while Chelsea are not playing, we're still going to be delivering some brilliant content from people that have been there, done it and worn the T-shirt. So we are very much looking forward to that. If you would like to listen to any of our shows... Find us on YouTube, the Blue Day Podcast. Find us wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Blue Day Podcast. Find us on Twitter, at Blue Day Podcast. Find us on Instagram, where we are loving the feedback from people at the moment on Instagram. When If you've got an Instagram account and support Chelsea, for fuck's sake, just go and follow us. So, Warren... Any last words from you before we wrap this shindig up? No, other than it's it's been a pleasure. It always has. I always enjoy coming back on the show um, every now and then, having a little ramble, having a little rant and stuff. Um, I think we've covered quite a lot today. Um, the future is bright and win or lose up the Blues. And everybody, you keep the blue flag flying high. Stay safe and carefree. Podcast Network.